Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome to episode 10, the October 2018 edition of Mario's Minute. Of course, I am your host, Mr. Mario 2011, and this is going to be a completely solo episode. Now, in case you don't know anything about this podcast, that's completely fine. In short, this podcast is where I talk about whatever the hell I want to, and because this is a podcast, you are probably watching or listening to this on YouTube. However, It's available on pretty much all major podcasting platforms, so if you want to subscribe to it on anything else, I use Pocket Cast, for example, but it's available on iTunes, Google Play, I guess Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, we have Podbean as well too, and on top of that, I completely forgot to mention this on the most recent episode of Mod Chat, and I'd recommend people check that out, because that was a fun episode with Modern Vintage Gamer and, of course, Paranoid Coder, uh, my co-host on there. But we are now on Spotify, or I guess I should say that these podcasts are now on Spotify, so you can listen on Spotify now. Uh, I know for a while, Spotify just had kind of select podcasts available, and it seems like they've pretty much opened it up to everyone, because I applied for both Macha and Mario's Minute, and within a day, both of them were on Spotify, so we're good to go on that. I, I was happy to get them on there, uh, but either way, if you are listening to this in podcast form, I recommend, you know, pick whatever app or service you're most comfortable with, stick with it, and uh, let's enjoy the show here. And if you're on YouTube, you know what, you, you get the added benefits of having, you know, the nice looking visualizer, at least in my opinion, it's nice. And on top of that, you could also comment as well too. So uh, that is where I see the feedback directly for these episodes. I see it in the comment section. But enough about that, let's go ahead and get into these topics here. So again, I'm going solo this month. I do plan on having a guest next month. I have no idea who. And, and I'm not doing that to be ambiguous or anything. No, I, I just don't know. I haven't invited anyone onto next month's. But I'm trying to do every other month so we have one month solo, one month uh, guest and kind of go back and forth on there. Last month, we had uh, It's Lupo on here. And that was, in my opinion, that, that was a really fun and great episode. I would recommend you all check that out if, if you enjoy this. But anyways, anyways, anyways. Let's get into this. So, one thing, I didn't think I was going to talk about this, but uh, I decided to. You know what, let's screw it. This will be quick enough on here. Uh, I wanted to talk about taking a little bit of a break. So, I kind of got to do that, and it has been nice. Now, you all might be asking, well, Mario, you've still been active. You've been on social media. You've been dropping videos every week. Well, here's the thing. If you know about the way I set up my workflow and such... I like to do my videos in batches. So normally my my happy number I would say is 3 when it comes to videos. So if I dedicate a day or if I dedicate an evening to videos, I want to hammer out at least uh raw footage, get all the footage and audio recording done for at minimum 3 videos. If I could do those, that's great. And then what I do is I stagger everything else. So then I'll have like another day where I'll like if I'm really stretching this out, I'll have a day where I dedicate to getting all the raw footage. And then I'll have another day where I dedicate to getting everything edited and rendered out and getting my thumbnails done. And then I'll have another day where I have everything uploaded, but then I go in, I add the time cards, I add, uh, you know, anything at the end, the in-screen elements, uh, I get everything scheduled, I do all the metadata. I like to break that down because that's how I get my stuff done the best, in my opinion. And then the thing is with that as well, too, 
I upload a video, like actual videos, I upload one video a week. And I do that every Saturday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. So I have all those set up. So at that point, I have, you know, three weekends worth of videos right there. Uh, the exclusions are mod chat. I can't get out of that. I have to do that um, on time. I can't do it early is what I'm saying because it's a live stream. And then Mario's Minute. I could also, if I want to, I could do like right now. This one is going to drop on the 31st. So happy Halloween. Uh, but I'm recording this three days early. I've recorded these episodes sometimes two or three weeks before they come out, um, just depending on what's going on and schedules and such. So it's allowed me to consistently bring you all content, uh, but at the same time for me, I can choose, do I want to do 10 videos this week or do I want to do no videos? And I kind of did a bit of a break because I've been dropping a lot of PS3 and Vita content. And some people have noticed a little bit like, the stuff still works, but it might be a little bit outdated. Uh, for example, one thing was with the PS3 exploit stuff I did, uh, I dropped those videos right after they got patched on the latest firmware. And I thought of canceling that series for PS3 hand, but I said, you know what, I'm still going to put it out there. Because if you have an activated system on the compatible firmware, or if you're using a proxy service on that compatible firmware, you can still follow this tutorial, so the information is still good on there. It's not like it got completely reworked. So that, that was the nice thing about that. There have been times I have had to redo some videos if I do them too early, so sometimes it can bite me in the ass, so to speak. So it's not like it's a perfect system by any means. But what happened was back in late August, early September, I hammered out a ton of videos. I just hammered out a ton. I was doing quite a bit of modding work. I got extremely motivated. I did all this stuff and I acquired a huge backlog and I put it all up. I edited every, like I edited everything. I put it all up. I scheduled it. I did all the metadata. So we're good. And it allowed me to take a really long break. Um, for, for me, a, a break from YouTube consists of not doing the actual videos, but I'll still do my podcasts, or I might still do the side videos. So um, recently, for example, I did the videos that I've worked on this month, to be honest, like this month, because I did a thrifty gaming pickups. Um, I want to say, yeah, I did thrifty gaming pickups because that one, you know, it's pretty low maintenance. I did another video uh, that's going to be coming out um, in regards to another topic. It's going to be on the second channel. Those ones are pretty low maintenance, so I don't mind doing them. And then my podcasts. I always do my podcasts every month. I, I, I can't do those early. I can't do them like a month or two early. I have to do them on time at, at minimum mod chat. So there's no squeaking out of that. But, it, but it's been nice because there's sometimes I notice I will spend way too much time just working on videos, work on modifications, whatever it is. And to the point where I'm, I'm not really enjoying what I have. So for example, I could have fun building out and modifying a system and making a video on it and putting it up, but I don't truly enjoy using that modded system, you know? Uh, and the funny thing is I have a channel that's built around video, like at its core, video games and game consoles, right? That That's what its core is. I, some people will say, yeah, it's, it's console modding, video games to me. And I wasn't playing games that often. And it was really annoying me. It's not like I was, I was prideful about it or I didn't care. Um, it was really annoying me. So I ended up using this. I said, you know, I'm going to make all this content. I think I'm good at this point. I'm going to upload this and I'm going to force myself to not make anything. I just want to have a bit of a break. And it really recharged me, I feel like, um, because now, you know, 
I, I almost become sort of a workaholic on YouTube where if I'm not working on videos, I get really antsy and kind of anxious. But then if I work past that, if I just deal with that for like a week, then I feel relaxed and, and I feel good. I, I could do what I want. And then after a few weeks, if, if I'm not working on anything, I, I come back and I feel refreshed. I feel happy again. Um, it's not like I'm not saying YouTube's making me depressed. I'm not saying it's making me feel sad. I, I, I guess I should rephrase that. I feel ready to rock with my videos again. And that's actually what happened with the last video I directly worked on, which the last video I made, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the last video I actually made was the Toys R Us video. So if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, I'll probably have a link somewhere available to it. I would recommend you all check it out. I was so proud of that video. Uh, and in short, it was a video where one of my best friends and I, his name is Sean, we ended up going to a Toys R Us, a former Toys R Us location that had turned into a Halloween city. Now, I had scouted it out before, and I'm like, oh man, this place is so shitty. I gotta make a, like, it is so crusty and nasty. I have to make a video on this. I gotta recruit Sean to do it. And I loved that video for so many reasons. First of all, Sean and I, I mean, we are best, best friends. We've known each other for over a decade at this point. And... We worked on so many videos together. He's helped me out with so much like video content and such um, that we just bounce ideas off each other easily enough. Uh, we completely improvise. So even, for example, I had half the video planned in my head. By the time I told him when he came over and I was telling him what we were doing, he had like tw he, he had like 20% of an idea of what the video was going to be. And I was like, you know what? This is great because that that's just going to lead to better improv. That's going to lead to genuine reactions. Like, for example, he legitimately didn't know that Toys R Us was coming back as Jeffrey's toy box. He didn't know the giraffe's name was Jeffrey. Like, those were legitimate, maybe slightly exaggerated, but those were legitimate things that he did not know before going into that video. So to me, that just made it so much better. And the entire video, we did it all in one take. We didn't have to reshoot anything. Um, like the beginning scene when we were downstairs, I kind of said, okay, you're going to be down here. Lily's here. I'm going to go up the stairs, hit record, and start coming down. And it's it's so easy to work with someone like that. It's great. Like he he's one of those people if... If I ever did, like, for some reason, if I was ever coerced into doing a full feature-length film, Sean would be my number one person to go to, because we, we just, we, we bounce off each other so organically, and it's great. But the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I saw this, I was excited to make this video, I had the idea in my head, and then I was inviting Sean over, we hammered out a time, we decided to do this, and I was kind of going back and forth in my head, I was like, dude, I don't, I don't know, like... It's been a while since I've done an urban exploration type video on the channel. Um, I mean, the initial hit, like the last couple of videos I would say I did for urban exp exploration, the initial hit, they did not, you know, hit favorably on the channel. And that makes sense because that's really not my core audience. But the audience that did trickle in after, you know, the two or three days of my audience disliking it, the audience that came in that liked Urbex stuff, so they were finding it through Google, they were finding it through YouTube searches, they liked that content. And I was liking that, like I could appreciate that, because I'll be the first to admit, if you're someone who's subscribing to me exclusively for channel mods, uh, like not channel, for, for console mods, you're, you might be a little bit annoyed when you see some Urbex stuff come up in your feed from this guy. So uh, this one went over pretty well, though. Um, but what I was saying back to the video, 
I was even considering putting this on the second channel because I was like, oh, you know, if it's just going to be us going in and memeing inside of a Toys R Us, like, I don't know if people find that funny. I don't know if it's going to be good quality enough to put on the main channel. I just, I don't know, man. I don't think I'm going to make it a weekend video. I think I'm just going to drop it on a Wednesday. So I was going back and forth and I'm not going to spoil it, but halfway through the video, it was just a light switch flipped for me. And halfway through the video, I'm like, Oh my god, this video just completely flipped on me. This is going on the main channel. And I was so excited filming that. And then when I had the footage, like I was pretty much like bouncing in my seat as we were driving back to my place. Like I was so excited for it. I loaded it on my PC. I, I reviewed it. I was so excited. I even I texted Sean the next day. I'm just like, dude, thank you so much. Like you made this, you really made my day with this. And this just made me so incredibly happy. I'm so excited to get in. And I was I was truly excited to get in, to open up a project to edit the footage, to get everything set up. I did my first YouTube premiere with it as well too, which the the live audience who saw, there was like 50 people who watched alongside with me for the first time, and they very much enjoyed it. Uh, but I'll just say, you know, it, it really, and I'm just smiling talking about this, but it, it really... It really re-energized me having having that break of just forcing myself to not do any YouTube-related content. Um, granted, I was still re replying to comments. I was still checking on things, um, but not making any actual videos, not doing the core content of it really helped out. And I'll, I'll tell you all of this. If you all are making videos, if you all are doing all that stuff... Consider taking breaks like that. Consider doing batch uploads. Um, consider spacing them out as well, too. Because, for example, if you make... 10 videos back to back to back to back to back uh, technically that'd be five but let's say if you make 10 videos in succession you don't have to drop all 10 videos in a day you don't have to drop a video every single day you can space that out if you drop a video every other day that's almost three weeks worth of content right there that you got that's about three weeks where you really don't have to worry about too much it's nice i'll say that it's definitely nice one of the things, <laughs> transitioning in here, one of the things I got to spend some time doing was uh, I ended up getting some Dell PCs for free. Uh, I got a, cop a couple Dell Optiplex uh, 990s, and they're good machines. One of them is, they're both uh, i7-2600 CPUs, and neither of them had drives in them, so I put drives in there. Each one has a 120 gigabyte SSD boot drive. Uh, one of them has 16 gigabytes of RAM, and that one I have allocated to be my streaming machine. So that's going to be used exclusively for mod chat and for recording podcasts, like if I have a guest physically over. Uh, and then the other one has 8 gigabytes, and I end up turning that one into a Plex server. So I didn't really put too much into them uh, money-wise. I was able to, I, I had a lot of fun building them out and working with them, troubleshooting and such, but my god, at one point, I, I just have to say, I kind of have to rant about this for a little bit, Dell's BIOS is such a piece of shit sometimes, especially these older ones, so this is essentially what happened. Now, there's BIOS, and I believe, let me double check this before I, uh, before I mess this up. <laughs> You're going to hear me typing and everything on here. UEFI. I wanted to make sure that it was UEFI. Now, if I say UEFI BIOS, you all know what I'm talking about, okay? I know there's technically a difference between BIOS and UEFI, but sometimes I might say UEFI BIOS. I'm just putting it out here. You all know what I'm talking about, damn it, all right? <laughs> so, what happened was 
I ended up setting up the streaming box. I just, you know, I installed Windows on there. I put in the 120 gigabyte solid state drive. All was good. Everything worked just fine. And it has Windows 10. The nice thing was I got free OSs with them as well, too, because each of them had a Windows 7 COA. And right now, like right now, 2018, you can still, if you install Windows 7 with that COA and use the key, you can upgrade to Windows 10. You can do the same with Windows 8, Windows 8.1. Um, so you're able to still do that, which is just kind of a neat little trick. They technically never disabled the updating feature on there. But mind you, mind you, um, I ended up having both of these sets to legacy, which is just regular BIOS. Um, the streaming box was just fine. The Plex box I set up, however, I ended up putting some large capacity drives in there. I put a four terabyte drive and then I put an eight terabyte drive. So right now I have total 12 terabytes in this Plex server that I have, which makes me very excited. But what happened was, you know, I'm setting up the Plex server. I installed Windows 10 on the 120 gigabyte solid state drive. Everything was well and good. I get the, uh, what was it? I, I set up, you know, Plex. I did a basic setup of it and it was fine. And then I ended up setting up the four terabyte drive. I popped it in and long story short, it was not recognizing. It recognized in BIOS. Uh, where it was recognizing as like a two terabyte drive instead of a four terabyte. And when I looked it up, I found out that it is a issue with Dell Optiplex 990 variants, uh, just that family, where the BIOS on there, if a hard drive is higher than two terabytes, it has difficulty recognizing it. So you either have to build a specific image or you have to use certain drivers or you have to install it through UEFI mode. Um, any of those three. So because I already had everything kind of set up on there, I found uh, the driver type option. You could install install a older version, like version 10 of Intel rapid storage technology. So the Intel RST program. I had to download an older build of it. I installed it and kind of threw some trickery because it didn't work at first. But between booting through Windows and booting up the BIOS and booting up Windows and playing with the BIOS, I got the four terabyte to recognize. I got it to recognize it was all good. And then I got an eight terabyte later on. I, I installed that without a hitch. It was fine. At one point though, recently the machine ended up restarting itself. And this is very annoying because like I just got home. I made myself dinner. I sat down. I was about to fire up some Plex, enjoy myself. And I couldn't find the server. And when I remoted in, I couldn't find either of my drives. But when I listened, I could hear the drive spinning up. And when I looked into BIOS, sometimes one of the drives popped up, sometimes it didn't. It was the 8 terabyte drive this time around. I reinstalled Intel RST. That wasn't, it, it, the workaround was no longer working. I, I couldn't get this to work anymore. So I said, you know what, damn it. I'm going to have to set this up as UEFI. So I did that. And... I had to back up my Plex database. The The drive, since they were just storage, it was fine, but the 120 gigabyte solid state, I did have to reformat that. At least I had, you know, my Plex database and everything backed up, so I just, you know, kind of slipstreamed that back in there. But the point was, I ended up changing from legacy mode to UEFI mode. Uh, then I also had to change the drive setting to ACHI mode. So I had to do that. At that point, everything was recognizing, just without a hitch. I didn't need to install Intel RST or any of that. Um, I just had, at that point, you know, the 120 gig solid state drive. It recognized the 4 terabyte. It recognized the 8 terabyte. 
all was well for the most part. And I just remember, it's been a few weeks now at this point, but I remember it frustrated me so much, and I, I stayed up late because I probably formatted this box two or three times because I remember by the end, I had everything the way I wanted it, and then I turned it off, and I unplugged it, and I took it downstairs, and I hooked it up to where it was supposed to go, and Windows bricked itself. And I was just, I was so, I was so livid at that moment, I remember. I was just so livid, because this was, everything else was fine prior. Yeah, there was some drive recognition issues, but Windows wasn't bricking itself, and it seemed like any time there was a type of change like that, it was bricking itself. And it, I came to find out, really, that, that on this variant of the Dell Optiplex 990, the BIOS was just so shitty. Now... I have, that, that wasn't even the worst one, mind you, uh, the stream box, which I didn't think would give me any issues, I said, you know what, this one's working fine, but let me set it up properly, I'm not using it for mod chat yet, at least at that point in time, I'm not using it for mod chat yet, I have all this stuff all set up here, let me go ahead and just set it up properly, so if I ever need to install like a 4 terabyte drive in this one, I don't need to nuke the entire OS, so I did the same thing where I wiped it, and I changed the BIOS mode to UEFI, and I changed the disk type, uh, the, the disk driver on there. I did all that, right? And then I was running into an issue where the thing couldn't turn itself off. Like, I would go to shut down, and it wouldn't shut down. It just, it couldn't. And if I held down the power button to shut it down, Windows corrupted itself. So this one was even worse than the Plex server, mind you. I found out, though, it seemed to be a straight-up outdated BIOS issue. It was running like A03, so I had to update to the latest version, which was A24. But to do that, you had to install it incremental, so you had to install A05, and then you could upgrade to anything else, which that was easy enough. I just essentially did two BIOS patches on there, and all was well and good. And I said at that point, you know what? By now, the Plex server was working just fine. But I decided to update it, from 823 to 824, and thankfully it was all good. It, it was working. Both of these computers as well, too, I had to replace the uh, CMOS batteries in them, so I ended up getting a pack of, uh, you know, some CR2023 batteries, replaced them, we're good to go on that. And the other thing as well, too, with the Streambox was I started noticing, because uh, the setup I use for the webcam on ModChat I end up using a uh, GoPro Hero 4, I believe. That's what it is. And I have it hooked up to an Elgato Cam Link. And to have that hooked up to get HD signals, you have to you have to put it in through USB 3.0. Now, these computers are old enough and basic enough, they don't have USB 3 on them. So I spent like $13. I got a Rosewell branded uh, USB 3.0 PCI Express card. I have one in my main desktop. I've had it for years um, because I brought it over from my old desktop and it's worked just fine. I've had no issues with it. Now the frustrating thing was all of a sudden my webcam kept crapping out. And I was thinking, okay, is this driver issue? And I probably reformatted, that, reformatted this thing like 10 times just to have a nice baseline on it. But I found out at one point from between me testing it the first time to testing it the second time, the hardware, the actual PCI Express card went out on me. And the way I ended up deducing that was I did a fresh install of Windows 10, and I put in a, a USB 2.0 flash drive, just a 2.0 drive. I put it in and tried to copy and paste like 10 gigabytes of data, and it transferred for about 10 seconds, and then it just crapped out on me. 
And I said at that point, okay, I have all the drivers. Even for this little card, I have the drivers set up. So the only thing here that seems to be the point of failure is this PCI Express card. So this was right before ModChat. I ended up ordering the best one I could find on Amazon, which is like 27 bucks. Decided to go a little bit overkill with that, but I installed that. I wired it up. Everything was good at that point. Um, and I returned the, the crappy Rosewell one. I was disappointed because Rosewell normally does some pretty good stuff. But this one, no. So, mm. excuse me. I just had to get some water here. You know, you kind of need to stay hydrated when you're podcasting like that. But yeah, that was my adventure with those so far. But but right now, so far, they've been they've been great. They've been great. Some people who might have seen my mod chat might say, oh, well, your audio was messing up. So that was not related to the PC. That seemed to be related to Hangouts because we were doing this through Google Hangouts. And my next step I want to do is now changing to OBS. I'd like to do that hopefully next episode, but we'll see how it pans out. Um, but it seemed like when I was live streaming the show, I had with, you know, of course, Paranoid Coder, Modern Vintage Gamer. There were several times where the, the audio on my end and with Devin ended up because we use the same interface ended up going like kind of staticky or crackly or kind of robotic it changed up a little bit but then it would be fixed again and mvg was saying that all was good on his end so i also was recording this offline and i noticed that the recording was perfectly fine so that led me to believe that the audio issue was not an issue with our interface and it didn't seem to be an issue with the browsers because MVG could hear us just fine. But it seemed to be us when we were broadcasting out to Hangouts and it was being delivered to YouTube. Somehow our side messed up. I don't know what it is. It seems like the last two times I've had MVG on. I love the dude. Like, MVG, I love you. All right? And congratulations on 100,000 subscribers. So well earned. I'm so happy for you on that. I truly mean it. I truly do mean it. There's, there's no... There, there's... There's nothing negative that I'm trying to say on that. It's absolutely well-deserved. Very happy for you on there. If you're listening, just big shout-out to you. But the last, like, two times I've had him on Mod Chat, something has gone wrong. The last time, it was the audio. Kept kind of messing up on our end. The time prior, Mod, like, it ended up, Google ended up eating most of our video. I don't know what exactly happened, but the processing just didn't work right. So... I know next up will be OBS. Hopefully that can resolve some stuff because at that point it will be, okay, well, the signal that we're sending, like what we're recording is clean. The interface is clean. The recording that we're going to get from OBS is clean. The signal we're going to send from OBS is clean. So there should be no reason for Hangouts to mess up if Hangouts is not going to be involved. That's what's been going on. Let me grab some water real quick. Excuse me. Oh, man. So, I want to talk about this event that I ended up going to technically yesterday. So, this was for uh, Pokemon Let's Go. Now, I got to play Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu a little bit early. I believe it's coming out November 16th along with uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. And it's due to the Pokemon Let's Go Road Trip. So, they ended up making a little bit of a celebration out of this. I found out about it spontaneously. My girlfriend and I decided to go. And this was in all the way in Topeka, Kansas. Now, the reason why that's special is not just because they said it's hot in Topeka in um, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. They made a meme out of that years and years ago. But on top of that... 20 years prior, so in 1998, to celebrate celebrate the release of Pokemon stateside, 
Topeka, Kansas ended up changing their name to Topekachu, Kansas for one day. So we decided to travel out there, took a bit of time, but we went out there. I said, you know what, this will be something fun to do. I know people in Topeka, I know things to do in Topeka, so worst case, we'll figure out other things. And we ended up going, and it was pretty much two big vans where each of them, you know, they had a lineup. And when you got in, there were four demo stations in each van where you could play a build of the game. It was just a demo build of the game. You had 10 minutes to play it. And at first, I was just like, oh, man, this is all this line for a game. I don't feel like doing this. So we ended up going to the zoo. We got out there for about an hour. And we ended up waking up really early that day. So we got a very early start on everything. But when we came back out, it was like noon. And I kind of said to her, I'm just like my girlfriend, I'm like, you know, did you want to get in line for this? Because it'll be kind of a nice time waster. And she even kind of asked me as well, too. So we said, okay, sure. Now, it, it was fun waiting and talking with other people. But I will say we waited about two and a half hours to play this. Two and a half hours to play a 10-minute demo of a game a few weeks early is not worth it. I'm going to tell you that. It's not worth it. But I did it just because I was already there. We already traveled out that way to do so. And screw it. It was a good time waster. We didn't we didn't have anywhere else that we needed to be at that point in time. Uh, so what ended up happening was um, I was talking with, you know, the people that were around me and such. They end up having, you know, some uh, some people in costume who were Eevee and Pikachu. Those are really cute. I end up getting, you know, some photos of them and such. They end up having, you know, a bunch of other photo opportunities. They had representatives from all over they had people from missouri they had people from kansas they had people from uh i i think i spoke with someone who's from the san francisco office of nintendo there were people who came from the seattle office as well so there were people that were from all over who were nintendo representatives right there uh there was a group of people who was in front of me who i actually ended up meeting a nintendo rep for the kansas area and the funny thing was with that was he starts talking with me. He's like, excuse me, you, you look familiar. I think I've seen you before. And, and when, when something like this happens at an event, I always have to hold my tongue because he told me that he was, you know, the Nintendo rep for the area. And he was telling me, hey, man, you look so familiar. You look familiar. You look familiar. He didn't look familiar to me at all. And I, I have to hold my tongue in times like this because I'm just like, you know, this guy might have or probably has seen my YouTube channel or has seen me on YouTube, but I just want to see where this goes. And long story short, we ended up finding out that we both lived in the same area at one point and we both kind of hung out in the same places, but I highly doubt. I just said, oh yeah, that was probably it. But to me, I doubt that that is how he recognized me it, it maybe he was confusing me for someone else i don't know but he ended up being like the local rep for the area uh which seemed to be cool just like you know kind of the kansas region we ended up talking about that job and everything it's technically marketing and sales and such and seemed to be an interesting topic nonetheless you know we were when we were discussing this all um but no, we ended up uh, discussing that at length. We were talking about, you know, um, some builds of games coming out early and such. I didn't lead, like I didn't mention my channel at all. I didn't lead up saying, you know, like I modify my systems or anything. Um, not that I was afraid to, just I'm like, oh, well, there's not really much of a context to bring it up here. So I, I don't need to bring it up. It doesn't need to be brought up. Um but either way on there, no, um, we definitely had good conversation for sure. It was funny because they, they were giving out a lot of stuff. So like, 
Um, even the stuff they were, it wasn't super valuable by any means, but they would give out a, if you were in the, po- respectively, they would give you a Pikachu or Eevee, like, v- plastic visor hat that you could assemble, and they would give it out to you depending on what line you were in. They also gave out a postcard as well, too, explaining a little bit about the game, and it has, you know, some cute pictures of Pokemon, like, of Pikachu and Eevee on them. And then when you finish playing the game, they end up giving you a little Pokeball stress ball, which I'm, I'm definitely keeping that thing. My girlfriend kind of, like, gave it to Lily, and Lily chased it around for about a minute and then stopped caring about it. Um, but the point was on there, uh, they were giving out those freebies, and it was funny because earlier in the day, apparently, they were giving them out just to anyone, and they ran out really quickly, so they told everyone and said, we don't have any more. But I end up talking with someone who was in line at the zoo, because I asked, like, hey, how did you get that visor? And she's like, oh, yeah, if you stay on in line, you get these. Now, apparently they said that they did run out, but that just means come back in an hour and they'll have some. So that that is exactly what happened. They kind of just didn't give them out for a few hours. So there's an unfortunate gaggle of people that stayed in line that did not get any free stuff. While as there's a bunch of people running around who didn't stay in line, who didn't play the games, but they got the free stuff. Mind you, it was like it was like $5 worth of free stuff, okay? Maybe it's going to be a little bit inflated because it's technically exclusive stuff to the road trip. I'd really like to see the resale value on them, like the let's go postcard the visors and the stress balls i'd like to see the resale value on them in a few weeks maybe i'll check it out but either way um we ended up getting our stuff because while we were waiting in line they decided to start giving it back out um and they 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 respected it that time there were even kids who were coming up and they're like hey can we get these can we get these and they gave them to some and then after they gave them to a few kids they're like no 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 you gotta wait in line you gotta wait in line if you get in line and you play the game you will get this stuff i promise i'll give it to you um but no everyone was real cool everyone was, was real nice um the nintendo rep i was talking to who was in front of me it was him with some other people and um, it was funny because they were playing Super Mario Party and he was just sitting there kind of like being the lackey holding the Switch while his two friends were sitting there with the Joy-Cons and playing them. Um, but we were just discussing a whole myriad of topics the whole time because, you know, you're in line for two and a half hours with these people. The person behind me, just whatever higher power, bless her, like she was such a sweetheart about this because there was a mother who was behind us who had a daughter who was, I don't know, maybe five or six years old. And this daughter loved Pokemon. So I don't know what the mother's profession was, but she worked nights. So she said she got like an hour of sleep because she worked the night prior and then came with her daughter to get in line for this event. And her daughter didn't have the understanding of waiting a long time to get something. So she was kind of throwing some fits here and there. Um, It was tolerable, though. It was all good at the same time. It was just, you know, it's, it's frustrating to do nothing for two and a half hours in line. But while that was all going on, um, when we were getting to the point, like five minutes before we got to play, she ended up saying, she's like, oh, you've never played a video game, have you? This is going to be your first game. So she brought her daughter out there on one hour of sleep to wait two and a half hours in line, just, you know, kind of in the sun and such, to have her daughter play her very first video game ever, which ended up being an exclusive event where they ended up renaming the city to Pikachu again, and I just, it just made me smile, I even turned around, I'm just like, you're such an awesome, like, she's gonna remember that, you're an awesome mom for doing this, just thank you for doing that, um, because I thought that was really cool of her, 
But either way, we ended up playing. So uh, my girlfriend, she's not that much of a gamer. She's she's kind of starting to dip her toes into it a bit more because her being with me for at this point now like two years that's been awesome it's been like two years now but with her being with me for about two years and you know seeing my gaming tendencies i've rubbed off on her a little bit okay it's just been like a little bit (laughs) but um she decided to play it as well too because they asked like hey is it one person is it gonna be both and i told my girlfriend i'm like you've been waiting long enough here you might as well play it and it was funny because uh, they they give you the Pokemon controller, like the, the Pokeball controller. So I actually got to feel it. It feels perfect to me. It was a little bit smaller than I was thinking, but it feels perfect otherwise. Um, very clicky. Seems to work out well enough. There's only two buttons on there. I would have taken photos of playing the actual game and such, but, we, you know, we don't have that much time, and then you're surrounded by reps and all that, so it didn't seem appropriate to do so. Um, but it was funny because... My girlfriend played it, she very much enjoyed it, and she said, oh, the rep I was talking to was really nice, and she taught me how to play the game, and I told her that we went to the, we visited the Seattle location of Nintendo, and this rep was from Seattle, and the rep was saying, oh, well, you're not missing that much, it's just a boring office building, like, even if you get inside, if you get past the stuff, it's just a boring office building. Meanwhile, my rep, very nice, she was such a nice person, but she didn't know anything about games i'm telling you well she didn't know anything and that was the funny parts to me at least because she like initially there was a guy there and then i guess he took a break so his co-worker subbed in and she was like oh yeah you liking the game so far yeah did you pre-order it yet do you have a switch at home and i was talking a little bit with her and she's like yeah so what games are you playing and i told her oh i, I just finished up undertale She's like, oh, what's that about? And I kind of told her a little bit. And I'm just like, oh, I want to be polite and talk to you, but I'm also paying attention to the game, and I, I want to see what's going on with this. So I'm trying to explain this to her, and I had to tell her the name of this game, Undertale. I had to tell her like four or five times. And I said it's an RPG, and like a minute later, she's like, wait, what What was that? Like a R, uh, R what? Like what was that? And she told me straight up she doesn't play games. She just did not play games. And some people listening to this might be completely shocked. Even my girlfriend was just like, why would she work at Nintendo if she doesn't play games? And I was like, look, she doesn't have to. Like, if she's good at her job, she is not required to play video games. Now, granted, if you're, this would be like sales and marketing. I was anticipating, I was telling my girlfriend like, yeah, these people are probably a part of the street team, a part of sales and marketing. If they have a really good resume, if they had good recommendations, if they are good at their job, they don't have to play video games to work at Nintendo. Playing video games, especially Nintendo games, is absolutely helpful in this work line of work, but you don't have to do that. So, it was just funny to me, and I think the way we even stumbled upon that was I started asking some technical questions. I was like, oh, hey, how like how old is this build? I don't know if you can tell me, but how old is it? And she's like, oh, how, well, it comes out in November, and I'm like, yeah, I know, but I mean, it's not like, was this game, like, this demo I'm playing, was it built yesterday? Was it built, like, a week ago? And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know, I don't know that. I was like, it's, it's fine, I don't expect you to know, I just thought it'd be worth asking, um, and I said the reason why I was asking is because the shadows in the game seemed extremely pixelated to me. And I'll kind of talk about the game a little bit here, um, just because there wasn't too much to talk about, unfortunately. But whenever there was any whenever there was any shadow under any of the characters, under any of the Pokemon, 
Everything else looked good. Everything else looked what I would expect from the game, but the shadows were extremely pixelated. And I told the rep that, and she was like, oh, well, are you sure that's not the TV? I'm like, no, 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 absolutely not. Because look, everything else looks nice, but look at the shadows. Look at how pixelated and messy they look. And I pointed it out like on the TV and she said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So is that like the graphics? And I said, yeah, that, that, that's it. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't find out how old the build was. I didn't um, get any further insight on that. I did play around with the menus a little bit, and she was kind of shocked with that because I started looking at the menus, and the Pokedex looked really dope, just like a classic-type Pokedex. And then before I could look any further, the time ended up expiring. But when I started looking through the menu, she's like, oh, whoa, 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 like, you're the first person to do this today. I was like, wait, really? She's like, yeah, everyone else who, who's been here has been playing the game. No one else has looked into the menus before you. So I thought that was a little funny. And the reason why I did that was because after five minutes, you really do everything you could in the demo. So you have your character who my character was a girl. I have Pikachu on my shoulder. You would have Eevee if you played the Eevee build. Um, but you end up talking to Professor Oak at the beginning. And then you can run around and you can battle all these other Pokemon that you see. So it was Rattatas and essentially like the shitty starter Pokemon you get at the beginning of your Pokemon Go journey. And it just felt like Pokemon Go on the Switch. Um, really, the one thing that kept throwing me off was you get, you know, your battle at the beginning, like when you see the actual Pokemon right there before you capture it. My instinct is to just throw the Pokeball. But you can't do that because you have to press the A button to, you know, initialize the attack, so to speak, and then you toss the Pokeball. Some people were saying that it felt a little bit too sensitive. To me, I didn't feel that at all. I, I felt like it was fine. Um... I did like kind of mess up a few of the throws on there and that was a little bit annoying, but once you get it adjusted, which takes a minute or two, it's just fine. Once you get used to it is what I should say. Um, and then I ended up doing a actual Pokemon battle in there, which seemed to be easy enough. Leveling was also extremely fast. I leveled up my Pokemon to like level 11 or level 12 within this very short time frame. And I feel like that's probably expedited just because of the obscenely short amount of time you have on this demo. You only had 10 minutes. Um, but really, after after I you know caught a few Pokemon, after I did the battle, uh, they really gate you into a very small area. And there's nothing else you can really do in the demo, unfortunately. Because again... They built this specifically for a 10-minute time limit. Uh, they know that reps are going to be there, so if they see you doing anything nefarious, they'll just, you know, they'll boot you out of the event. Uh, so there's nothing else that you could really do on that. So if anybody was expecting, you know, a really big frame-by-frame -frame rundown on here and a bunch of screenshots, I'm sorry, I, I can't really provide that. Um, it was generally just hype overall, hearing the Pokemon music playing on loop for, you know, hours on end, seeing a bunch of people in Pikachu hats. Pikachu you hats were definitely the most common I was seeing. Um, but yeah, that's about it that you can really provide on the game there. As I said, I feel, I feel like, you know, the textures for the shadows, I don't think those will be improved. If they are, that would be great. But I'm really, I, I kind of doubt it. We'll see. It feels for the most part like Pokemon Go on a Switch, so just on a bigger screen, which could be good or bad depending on how you feel about the game. And there's not too much you can really do outside of that very small time limit right there. And I, again, I just feel like the leveling up of Pokemon, the obscenely fast leveling up, was probably artificially inflated just to deal with you playing the demo within 10 minutes to kind of give you that whole thing there, you know? So...
that was my experience in Topikachu. I missed out on it the first time, but I, I got to hit it the second time. So 20 years later, 2018, I was truly into Pikachu. So that was a fun time. <laughs> Again, if this is, I think there's going to be a few other stops. Uh, let me check like the, uh, what was it? The let's go road trip. There we go. Yeah, no, I'm kind of just looking here. Is it? It's on. Well, I'm seeing it on everything else. Here we go. I'm seeing it on Nintendo's official site. I know the final stop is supposed to be New York, and I think they're supposed to be... Here we go. Yeah, so November 3rd, it's supposed to be in Chicago. November 10th, it's supposed to be in Boston. And then November 15th, it's supposed to be in New York. And I'm just looking at my calendar here. And the 16th, it comes out. So that would make sense. So they might even do, you know, kind of a midnight thing for that. They're probably going to do it at the Nintendo World Store in New York. That's where I can anticipate it. But yeah, if you're going to be in any of those areas, so Chicago, Boston, New New York, I would recommend checking it out. By the time you listen to this podcast, hopefully, if you listen to it like when it comes out, you should be able to go if you're in any of those areas. Um, we'll see. And if you go, let, let me know. Let me know what you think of it. <laughs> So, do I, I, I'm kind of looking at a few other topics here. You know, there's one that I could rant a little bit about, but I don't feel like I'm as knowledgeable on there as I could be. Uh, so I'm going to, you know, bring up a classic rant. How about that? Uh, I'm going to try and sound, I don't want to sound entitled with this, all right? I, I just want to come out and say, I don't want to sound like I'm entitled, I'm better than anyone. I do not, I that is not what I want to put across with this. This is going to be a little bit of a rant. This is going to be for people who have wanted, you know, some some handouts with services and such. Uh, the reason why I'm kind of bringing this up is because one of my friends, um, shout out James, uh, James Rayner specifically, uh, we've been talking back and forth. I end up helping him out with a few console modifications, and I'm going to be um, working on a Xbox 360 for him just because he was kind of looking into it. And he's like, yeah, I don't know if I really want to do this. I don't know if I want to get the programmer. It's going to be an RGH. And he just asked, like, hey, could I have you do this? And I was like, you know, I'm cool with you. Sure. Just we'll hash out the details and everything and we can do this. But at one point he was like, hey, thanks. I know you hate having other people like doing work for other people with this. I was like, no, I, I actually don't. Like if I'm close with you or if I'm good friends with you. I don't mind doing this. I just don't like the sales and the random people of it. Now, I have made a rant video about this before, which seemed to go over very well. Um, it was called something along the lines of, like, I remember why I don't like selling pre-modded systems. It was something along those lines of the title. And it was about my horrible experience just dealing with one particular kid, child, <laughs> one particular person. Uh, who I was selling a RGH to, and I did in the end, and funny enough, I never heard from him again. I know some people were saying, oh, you're probably going to hear from him again. Guess what? I did not block his number. Ever since the final time I texted him, which was before making that video, I never heard from that guy. Never heard from him ever, thankfully. Mm. But I wanted to talk about, you know, some RGH-related handouts, and this seems to be really with the Xbox 360 scene. Now, it always kind of seems to go back to this because I think I was just rooted in that scene for so long, the modding scene and such. Um, but there's three people I, I, I kind of want to talk about here. 
First of all, there was, and there's so many other examples, so many others I could think of. I just kind of want to give you all a little bit of insight, and I just want to rant a little bit, all right? It feels good to rant, and people people enjoy hearing others get angry about things, and people enjoy seeing others get angry about things on YouTube. That's, that's the beauty of this site, one of the many beauties, um, but getting into this here, there was one guy, I remember this was months and months ago, th this guy wanted me to buy his RGH from him. Now, I just want to say, if you look around on my channel, you'll see that I have a collection of Xbox 360 consoles. I have several in my household, right? I have videos showing, multiple videos showing me modifying multiple consoles, doing the same modification to them. Uh, and I've even been given one as well. Uh, Tony Mondello, shout out to Tony, otherwise known as Garndale Garage. He ended up just giving me a RGH because um, he wanted to build a Mr. Mario specific one and I, I have that right next to me I'm actually touching it right now just as an example uh, while I'm recording this <laughs> um, point is what I'm trying to say is I, I am the last person I am the absolute last person who needs to have another RGH especially I, I, I'm the last person who needs to even buy one because with with the examples I've shown there, as I said, I have multiple videos showing myself building these. I have tutorials teaching people how to do this because I'm one of those people I don't believe in knowledge siloing. I don't want to silo knowledge. I don't want to keep that hidden. I think the knowledge should be out there. So I'm going to help others. If uh, like so so at that point, if you're capable of a, my goal is if you're comfortable and capable with a soldering iron and you're willing to put some time and effort into this and get all the parts and do it. You can follow along with my video and all the information is there freely available to you and you can follow through and commit and hopefully build yourself a system. And if you mess up or if you're too afraid to do it or you don't want to do it, I will not do it for you. But there are many other services online that do it. I, I'm a highlight two here because I, I like to highlight these two guys while I can. Uh, shout out to the mod shop. The mod shop, real cool guy, Damien. I know him. Um, and he does great work. And shout out again to Tony, Garndale Garage. Those are the two services I recommend. That's that's going to come up later on. But point is, coming back to this person, this guy ended up, I think he hit me up on Instagram and YouTube. And on Instagram, I, I hate the DM system on there. I've never explained this, but I hate the DM system. To me, I don't want to DM on there. I even put on my profile, I don't DM. So I don't reply to DMs and such through that. I, I don't use it as a communication medium. There's many other ways you can get a hold of me that are much better than Instagram DM. My personal favorite is Twitter. Like I like to use that to communicate. Uh, I used to have messages open on my Facebook page, but I hate Facebook. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So I disabled it. <laughs> um, and I and I don't. I just I don't use it. And I was also, I was also getting messages from a lot of people asking for very detailed help who didn't even like the page. To me, that was just a little bit insensitive. But mind you, whatever. That that's kind of like someone that, uh, I, I don't know asking for a handout and not using proper manners. But either way, this guy I remember he messaged me on Instagram, and he was just like, "Hey, dude." Uh, I'm selling my RGH. I really need to sell this. Uh, I'll sell it to you though for like $175. And I looked at it as like one, again, I am the last person who needs RGH, let alone why would I need to 
Why would I need to buy one? The way you know me is probably because of my RGH tutorials, my RGH relate, like my hard mod related help videos and things like that. So why would you, why would I need to buy one? Why would I of all people need to buy one? That's what I'm questioning here. And I never questioned him, mind you. So I don't get his logic on that. But he was saying, hey, dude, you know, I'll sell it to you for $175. The second thing is, that was a horrible price, in my opinion. Don't don't make it sound like you're doing me a favor, all right? Selling it to me at that price. Especially me as someone who doesn't need one. $175 for an R just a basic RGH. Horrible price. Horrible price to me. I'm not paying that. So I ignored the DM. And I think like a few, like a day or two later... He was commenting on my photos, and this guy is like, hey, dude, can you please buy my RGH? I really need to sell this. And then I noticed he came onto my YouTube channel, and he was commenting on my newest video and other videos, kind of along the same things, just kind of saying like, hey, I really need to sell this. I just really need to sell this system. Can you please buy it for me for $175? So then it kind of flipped. I was like, all right, all right, I see your game here. You tried to spin it like you were doing me a favor, but you're not doing me any favors here. You want me to bail you out because you don't need your RGH that much right now. You need the money, and you're just trying to get the money from me for this. So I'm just like, dude, do not make, do, do not try to shade this and make it seem like you're cutting me a deal. Do not make it look like you're doing me a favor because you're not, you're not making me a deal because as I said, that, that price to me was atrocious and you're not doing me a favor here because I don't need that. That's not exclusive, elusive hardware to me. It truly isn't. So that guy's gone. <laughs> There's a second person who Sometimes you get the ego strokers, right? Sometimes you get these types of people who um, they'll try, they, they want to weasel their way in and kind of coerce. And there was one person who he was, he, he sent it to me through email. Now I have a business email. It's business at Mr. Mr. Spelled out M-I-S-T-E-R Mario.net. Uh, that is my business email. I put it up on my YouTube channel. It's for business inquiries only. There are people that hit me up for business inquiries. For people who hit me up for other reasons, um, like for asking for help or whatever, I, I don't respond to any of those. Because again, that that is not the helpline. That is for business. Now, granted, there's been other times where there have been people who've asked for help and have offered to pay like a consultation fee or pay hourly for my services. And I just kind of tell them like, hey, I appreciate it, but I, I, don't, I don't do that. So no, but thank you for using this appropriately. But uh, either way on here, either way what's going on, uh, was one person ended up reaching out to me through email. And he was saying, hey, so I want to build a RGH system. And I don't trust anyone else but you. You are the only person I can trust to do this. Can I please send my system to you and send you the hardware, like the tools to do it? And then you send it back to me and you can make a video on it. And I, I'll just cover shipping both ways. And I, I just, I kind of, you know, when the smoke, I just kind of clear out the smoke and I kind of look through the bullshit and I could see this, right? It's like, number one, no, don't, don't do the ego stroking. I do not appreciate that at all. Other YouTubers might, I don't, don't tell me I'm the only person you can trust to make me feel special because it doesn't make me feel special and you have zero reason to trust me 
because you don't know me and I don't know you. We have no reason to trust each other. Don't trust me is what I'm saying at that. Don't trust. Do not trust. You have no reason to trust me if you're saying that. <laughs> um, number two. The, the other thing was, this to me just seemed like a solicitation to get free service. Because he was saying, hey, well, I want to send you the system, and I want to send you the hardware, and just, I'll pay shipping, and you could you could make a video out of it. So he's trying to spin it as, hey, you can make a video. Well, no. That's also another bullshit reason that I'm kind of cutting through right here. Because this guy found me through a RGH video that I had done where, like, I've done a few videos where I say, hey, let's just RGH the system. And I have another video where it's a tutorial. He didn't, he, so he found me through my tutorials and my, like, hey, let's mod this system type videos. He wanted me to do a video like that. Why would I do a video like that on the exact same thing? There's not a reason for me to do that there. Um, so he was trying to air it as, hey, again, I'm trying to do you a favor here. No, you're not trying to do me a favor, dude. You're trying to get free services out of me. So I end up replying, and I just, my, my, my bureaucratic reply to things like that are, I don't do services. Here are two people I recommend. Shout out to The Mod Shop and Garndale Garage. Those are the two people I recommend for Xbox 360-related services. So then... The guy gets back with me, and I think he still had some trust issues or whatever, and he's like, well, hey, can you still do the video? And I'm like, no, because I, I did the, this exact video you're describing, I've done already. No, I'm not going to do that. And then he ended up trying to come back for help because he was saying, hey, I got this, but I don't know what to do with this. And at that point, just just point them to the tutorial, all right? Or just Google search. I'm not trying to spoon feed, <laughs> spoon feed anyone. That's something that can get kind of frustrating with this scene. Just like with any scene almost, you don't want to spoon feed that information. That's not good to do. That, that can get kind of annoying, but oh well. Just had to get some more water in me, excuse me. But the third one here, the third story I could think of for now is recently, this is another, I get the worst things on Instagram DM, it seems like. I get the worst inquiries on this. This is another reason why I don't DM, I feel like. But uh, one person ended up reaching out and he ended up DMing me and he's just like, or was it? No, it wasn't a DM. No, no, no. It was just a comment. It was just a comment. That was it. Um, or it might've been both. I don't, I, I'm pretty sure it was a comment. Pretty sure. But still, Instagram is where I can get, like, that's where the freeloaders come from. The, the funny thing is, I'm going to tangent a little bit here. The other thing is, I I don't like providing play-by-play -play help on things like this. The reason why, it's not because I, I, I don't want to waste my time or I don't think anyone deserves it or whatever. It's nothing like that. It's just a lot of times the people who want one-on-one -on -one help with me have issues that can very, very, very easily be looked up on YouTube and Google with solutions that have been verified. Uh, on top of that, half the time I get questions asked of me, they're questions that I answer within videos that are on my channel related to that topic that they ended up watching and found through me and then in asked me on there. But then again, on top of that, they'll end up reaching out through something like Instagram, which that's not really the appropriate place to do helpful, you know, play-by-play -play type stuff on there. It's completely unrelated. Honestly, the, the best place you can do it if you need help with something, I, I'm going to be straight up here. If you need help, like if you are watching one of my old tutorials and you need help, drop comments on that tutorial. 
don't try and message me directly on another platform. Don't try to go to my latest video and comment on there. Comment on that video about that problem. Because not only that helps you, because I still look at those comments and I could reply, but on top of that, it also will help others. Like, if I reply and we find a solution, it stays there in the public domain on that video, and there's a chance that others could read that. So keep it there. Kind of just want to, you know, give you all that, that, that little topic on navigation there. But mind you, this one's shorter. This one's shorter, thankfully. This person asked me on Instagram, they're just like, hey, can I have one of your spare RGH systems for free? Uh, perhaps one that has a banned KV. So this is nothing new for years on my channel, years and years and years and years and years. I've had people ask me, can I have this for free? Can I have this for free? Can I have this for free? Can I have that for free? Can I have this? Can I have this? You're not using this. Can I have it for free? This is nothing new. People always ask me if they can have something of mine for free. They always ask, all right? Um, but it, it, this is funny for two reasons, and I wasn't terribly offended by this one, but I saw that, and I showed my girlfriend, I was like, hey, honey, check this out, and she just looked at it, and she was like, what, for free? Like, she was so offended by that, and I kind of laughed, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not, that, that's, uh, don't be offended, all right, it's not worth it, <laughs> but, um, the other reason for this is, this guy, again, kind of bringing up the favor thing. He was trying to see if he could get something of mine for free and being all like, oh, well, I'd like to get a band system from you, so therefore a band system is much less valuable. It's pretty much trash to you, right? Because you can't take it online. Well, number one, that doesn't matter to me because I, I don't really, I really don't take my hard-modded consoles, my hard-modded Xbox 360s. I don't take them online. So when I mod them, I keep them offline for the most part. The only one I've taken online has been like the one Tony gave me, and that's been the exception, and that's just been here and there, and I really haven't mucked around with it all too much online. But all my others, I mod them, they stay offline. They stay off Xbox Live, so I'm not doing anything there. So they could be banned or unbanned, it doesn't make a difference for me. Number two, kind of just a little bit of history here, kind of some an educational moment. When this guy was saying like a band one or a band KV, a KV is a key vault. A key vault is a sensitive information on your Xbox 360 that you essentially send to Microsoft through the Xbox Live challenges and such, and it will determine if your system is banned or not. If you have a clean KV, so to speak, if you have a cleaned one, you can get online just fine. If you have a dirty KV, it, it is it's a banned KV, right? If you have a hard modded system, it's very easy to just switch them out. Most of the time now, all you need to do is really just take a new key vault, drop it onto the root of your hard drive, and whatever stealth system you're using will just pick up that KV and use it. Even if the KV on your system, flashed on your system, is banned, you can put an unbanned one on your hard drive and it will pick that one up and you can connect online just fine. A new KV, this is what I'm getting at, a new KV, if, if you were to buy one from a reseller, is like five bucks. At one point, they were very expensive. They were like $60, $70. At one point, people thought they were going to go up in price because the Xbox 360 stopped being manufactured. And it really didn't happen. For the past several years, key vaults have been less than $10. So even let's round up to $10, right? So in the end, th this person is saying, hey, can, can I get one of your systems that's banned? But it's really only like a $10 difference, which in the grand scheme of things is not that much. So to answer that, no, but that's just one of the many inquiries I'll get with like RGH handouts. <laughs>
those are just kind of some things I want to touch up on. Hopefully that entertained a few of you all. But um, I got one more topic I want to talk about here. Mm. Excuse me. This, oh, so much water is needed for this, you know. This has been about what is, oh, man. I'm getting tired. I'm recording this late. I'm recording this late, okay? This is the last thing I'm talking about, I swear. Games I've been playing. I always like to talk about this at the end of every episode. So I ended up, since the last episode, because I was talking about uh, this with Max, or It's Lupo, um, I was playing South Park, The Fractured But Whole, and I finished that. And it was it was so great. Very much enjoy that game. Now that I finally have the Master Chief Collection update, the actual patch and everything, the patch, the 4K asset patch and everything, uh, I ended up replaying the first Halo, and my goodness... My goodness, it, it just, it it feels like a different game. It is awesome. It looks so beautiful. It looks great. Just like the textures look amazing on there. On, on the anniversary one, if you flip it back to the standard one from the original Xbox, it's really funny because you see that the, the game just had a much more darker aesthetic. And then on top of that, it also, it wasn't goth, mind you, but overall the game was darker than the anniversary one. The anniversary really brightened it up, and it added so many lights and such, so like at one point you look at a building, and there's just like beautiful lights shimmering everywhere, and then you go to the original Xbox engine, and it's just like a gray hunk of sad tofu. That's what it looks like. Um, but I understand it's also, those were the limitations they had of the original Xbox. They weren't updating those visuals because they wanted to keep them true to the original form in case you want to play in the original engine as opposed to the anniversary engine. And for anyone that doesn't know what I'm talking about, the original Halo on the Master Chief Collection is Halo Anniversary, which Halo Anniversary is just the original Halo game with two engines. It has the original Halo that's running, so you get the original effects you get the original looking um, textures and everything or you get the new textures and the new updated type things and it's just a skin that's it it's just a new skin on top of the game so the game physics like it, it the physics is still the same it plays it literally plays the same but it just looks different it's just a completely different texture it's a texture mod that's how i can say it I'm really rambling because I'm tired at this point, but it's it's a texture mod, right? And it's in the Reach engine. But man, it looks beautiful. It looked so beautiful. I could not believe it. And I think that's just really just something special with the first Halo because I started it on Halo 2 and I'm just like, ah, this looks okay. I don't know. Um, Halo 2 was actually the opposite effect. Halo 2, the original engine looks brighter. Like, the, the textures pop out a little more, and they're it's brighter overall. While as on Halo 2 Anniversary, with the remastered textures, it's a darker aesthetic overall. Again, not goth, but just darker overall. So yeah, that's the, that's been about it with that. And when I'm saying these two engines here, there's two running back and forth, so you could just, you could literally, it's cool. This is cool as hell, right? You can press the back button and you'll flip between. So it's really awesome to see like, oh, this looks so beautiful. Oh my God, this is just like a huge chunk of green vomit on the ground. So that's really awesome to see. Uh, Undertale, I ended up starting that on the Switch because I got the Switch version. And I finally did the true pacifist route. Now I played this a couple years ago, um, and I was playing it with um, I was playing it before my brothers came to visit because they were into Undertale, and I wanted to talk about it with them. So I ended up playing it twice. And the first time I, I was I messed up because I ended up leveling up, 
And in short, to do a pacifist route, to do a true pacifist route, you have to beat the game as a level one. So you cannot attack anyone. And there's a few things you have to do throughout the game. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a few things you have to do. And then when you get to the end of the game, it essentially tells you, hey, congratulations, you're at the end, but you should do some other stuff here. And then when you go back and you do cleanup and you do that other stuff, you can then beat the game and it's completely different boss fights, completely different ending. Um, you get a lot more things expanded on. It's much different. And that's the true pacifist ending. So essentially to get the true pacifist ending, you have to do a pacifist run, which is known as like a pacifist neutral run, because you go through the game and you beat it as a level one, but you're not a true pacifist because you don't get the true final ending, you know? You just beat the game as a level one, so to speak. And then you go back and you do all the other stuff that you can only do after you beat the game one time on that save. And then you do all the other unlockable things, you do the cleanup, and then it will get you to a point, if you did it properly, it gets you to a point of no return, where you get to a certain section of the map and you can't go back. And I found out if you get to that point, you're on track, you're, you just need to go forward and you can do the true pacifist route. And at that point, it was... It was beautiful, man. It was great. I didn't even know, though. Some people might be rolling their eyes at Undertale. Listen, I didn't even know people didn't like Undertale because I've completely bypassed the fan base type thing. I haven't gotten involved with the fan base. I haven't looked it up. I haven't looked into the uh, the fandom of it at all. I had no idea people were disliking Undertale because of its fan base until I did the unboxing of the PS4 special edition I got. And people were like, ew, Undertale, ew. I'm like, what is so ew about it? This game is amazing. And then I found out, oh, it's not it's not a problem of the game. It's a problem of the fan base and people don't like the fan base. And because people don't like the fan base itself, people are relating that to the game, which I think that's wrong. You, you got to separate the two. You got to separate the fan base from the game or the fan base from whatever art it is, right? The two separate things. Because Undertale to me is one of the best games I've played. I absolutely love it. And I would encourage anyone, if you haven't played it, I would encourage you to play it. Open up your horizons a bit. Give it a shot. Try it out. Um, but yeah, don't look into the fan base, I guess. I haven't, and I still very much enjoy it. <laughs> and meanwhile, for other games I'm playing, I haven't finished these yet, um, but God of War, I decided to pick that up, and that's been one really nice thing, you know, with me taking the break from YouTube I mentioned near the beginning of this podcast. That was such a long time ago now at this point. Near the beginning here. Uh, I've gotten to, you know, be playing games again, so I finish up Undertale, I finished up Halo, I've started going back to finish up God of War, and I'm a few missions away from finishing the game now, and God of War, I forgot how much I loved it. I, I absolutely love the game so far. I don't want to spoil anything with it, but I absolutely love it, and I just knew... I, I had to finish this this year because I'm just like, I don't want to finish 2018 not finishing this game. I know another one of these must-have games on the PS4 is um, Spider-Man. I didn't pick that up because I will pick it up later, but I just know I'm not going to play it now, so I didn't pick it up now. And finally, the other game I'm playing, which I'm sure almost everyone is at this point, is Red Dead Redemption 2. And I've only gone about an hour into it so far. Um... Yeah, I've only gotten about an hour in, and it's good. And, and I just kind of want to say this, and I'll kind of wrap up here. Um, it's been weird for me, though, because when the first Red Dead Redemption came out, I didn't play Revolver, but I played Redemption, 
And it came out at a time where I actually hated video games. I was not playing video games. I was very pessimistic about them. And all the reasons that Red Dead Redemption 2 is kind of getting a pass now, and by that I mean Rockstar is a master at their craft in which they can make you do something that is long, drawn out, repetitive, and kind of just a menial task. Like one of the missions I had to do was, you know, you have to go slowly up this mountain and you have to recover someone and then you go slowly down the mountain. They can make something like that so engaging. And if any other developers did it, people would be complaining up and down. But when Rockstar does it, they hail it. And it's because Rockstar does it well. But I didn't see that when I was playing the first Red Dead Redemption. The first Red Dead Redemption, it starts off very slowly. It has that same type of atmosphere and all that. And I remember I played it and I was like, this game is stupid. Why do people like this? So I remember I played it and I think I just sold it right afterwards. <laughs> I picked it up used for a decent price and then I sold it because I was so pessimistic. And I remember like even one of my one of my friends who I used to talk to, he called me up once and he's like, hey, dude, did you play Red Dead Redemption? I'm like, yep. He's like, isn't it fucking awesome? And I was like, no, not really. I just did some stupid shit on a horse and stopped playing it. And he was like, oh, well, you haven't played it that much, have you? I was like, no, because I just did some stupid stuff on a horse and you go from town to town and you don't really do all that. I was very, my God, people would have hated to be around me when talking about video games. And I, I'm sure some people did. But even when I told this guy these criticisms, he's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that, that's what happens. And it's funny because because now now I, I enjoy video games again. I have for several, several years at this point. I very much enjoy them. And thankfully, modding got me back into that, funny enough. But if I played this at that same time, like this would have been 2010, 2011. Yeah, I would say 2011. Let's just say 2010. If I played this eight years ago, I would have had those same that same feeling and those same criticisms. And it's just a Rockstar thing. It is just a Rockstar thing. And that's in many of their games. They can make you do some menial, tedious task, but they'll stretch it out and they'll pump so much dialogue in there and they'll get you engaged. And you are just, you are just sucked into the world. And I think that is what people love about this so much. I'm only about an hour in. I can't really give any details. I'm not going to say it's the best game I've ever played. I'm not going to say it's the worst. I'm not going to give any type of review score or any hint at that. But I will say that is what Rockstar is truly a master at doing. That is truly what they're, they're masters of. They can get you into that universe. They can suck you in. And I think that's fantastic. Anyways, I am... You all, I am so tired at this point. I shouldn't have started recording this so late, but I did. Learn from my mistakes, people. Learn from my mistakes. <laughs> Anyways, this has been the, I almost called this the Mr. Mario podcast. That's not, that is not, that is not the name. I went somewhere, I went to an event, and this dude was like, hey, it's Mr. Mario of the Mr. Mario podcast. And I'm like, that's not me, but th that that's not the name, but thank you. <laughs> So shout out to Gary for that. But yeah, no, no, no. This has been Mario's Minute, episode 10, October 2018. I'm recording this very late at night on the 28th, so you all will hear it in about three days or so. If you enjoyed this episode, a like on the video on YouTube would be absolutely appreciated. If you didn't like it, a dislike is fine as well, too. And if you have made it to the very end, I, I keep trying to remember to do this. I really keep trying to remember. If you have made it to the very end, 
leave a comment with the keyword rockstar. That is one word, rockstar. If you make any type of comment saying you want to be a rockstar, you don't like that song Rockstar by Post Malone, you love every game made by Rockstar, if you make any comment with the word rockstar in there, I will know that you made it to the end of this episode. So that's going to be the keyword. Anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching, everyone. Until next month. And next month, I'm going to try to record this at a much more reasonable time. <laughs> Talk to you all later, everyone.